It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast. The podcast that takes you from Seattle to Tokyo at all points throughout history. It's Jim Valley in the Seattle area, and we head across the Pacific Ocean, the Pacific Rim, to Tokyo, Japan, and Japan's leading journalist, author, and historian, my friend, Fumi Saito. Hello from Tokyo. How are you? Good, good. How, how, yeah, good to do this Pacific Rim, definitely. Yeah. How are how are things? Are you gonna gearing up for the the New Year's holiday and the Christmas yeah, holiday? Yeah, it seems like it's the end end of the year coming up and lots and lots of wrestling shows, of course. And that's that's actually it's time to relax, right? But as far as wrestling goes, there's so many shows end of the year towards the beginning of the year Gosh. in Japan. You know, and lots of tourists coming back this year. That's going to be exciting, is all of the people. Yeah, the coming. first time in three years. See, 2020, 21 was like so dead, you know, it's the midst of pandemic. It's not that we, we still are technically in, in COVID influence in Japan, but uh, a lot of things are opening up, and, uh, yeah, tourists are coming back. And But the, all the wrestling shows still run with this social distance and uh, the mask wearing and not much cheering and just clapping, but still running live shows. And yeah, lo lots, lots of shows. Well, even this week, you know, since last week too, you know, I went to Satoru Sayama's show and tonight there was a big Japan show. Tomorrow night I'm going to Michinoku Pro Wrestling in uh, Korakuen Hall. And uh, towards next week, that's Christmas and the end of the year, you know. And uh, New Year's Eve, uh, lots of shows, seven, eight shows just in Tokyo. And uh, January 1st, of course, Budokan, that uh, great muta against Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, New Year's Day. And that's really big. And of course, January 2nd and 3rd, you have All Japan. And 4th, Wrestle Kingdom, of course. And on 5th, there's uh, the New Year Dash. And uh, yeah, there's so many, yeah, to cover. You're bringing back all the great memories that I have <laughs> yeah. from uh, going to Tokyo over yeah, New just Year's. Yeah, like in Tokyo, that the, those, those end of the year into New Year's week, uh, you, you can just go to lots of shows. You know, and the best thing is, is so many of them are either within walking distance or you just hop on a train and you get yeah. there. It's so easy to get around and just... All the wrestling shops, and then yeah, yeah. and then it's so easy to recognize fans. You're you're stopping on the street, you're just talking to people about wrestling, or you see them in shops, you're talking to them about wrestling. Some of the best wrestling memories, maybe even honestly, maybe my best wrestling memories are you know the Januarys, December in Tokyo with you. Thank you for yeah. all those memories. And just everybody, it's so, it's so fun. It's well, as wrestling fans are like a magnet. You recognize each other right away. I guess if yeah. if you're listening to this and you ever get a chance, save your money, and you know, mask up, take care of yourself. But get it if you get a chance to go to Tokyo over the January holiday. By all means. Uh, make the yeah, last week of December into yeah. New Year's. Oh my yeah. gosh. So it's magical. It really, really is magical. I mean, 
you get to go to Totacon and see all the stuff at Totacon. And there's this store with masks and you can go to the different shows. The All Japan Show, the New Year's All Japan Show, the traditional first show of the year, the afternoon and evening shows are are fun. It's just, it's great. And now that, the rest, of course, Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th, but the, but the 4th and 5th and 6th and 7th, they all have shows. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can't, I can't express, I can't express it enough. Real quick, since you brought it up. Or just, you know, go to Tokyo Dome Hotel lobby and just run into wrestlers too. <laughs> I'll always remember that. <laughs> I think I was, I think I was having... Like T, I think it was, was I with Conrad Thompson? I forget who I was with. I think it was Conrad. But we're sitting there at a cafe at in, in the Tokyo Dome lobby. And it's an open lobby, the, the Tokyo Dome Hotel. And in walks Harry Smith. Yeah. And, and Harry is a big guy. So mm-hmm. he's towering over everyone. And, you know, he's a very, uh, very flashy dresser. So it's like, he just, you know, he just looks amazing and is, you know, <laughs> a foot taller than everybody in the hotel. Everybody else. Oh my God. It's amazing. I mean, it was just a presentation. You would have thought he was a head of state, a giant head of state or something. But yeah, you never know who's going to walk by. You never know who you're going to see. It's, right, you're yeah, right. it's across the street from Korakuen Hall. Yeah. Just surrounding the Tokyo Dome City area. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's a shopping mall. There's a theme park. Yeah. You can ride a Amusement Thunder- park and, and a food court and all that. Go ride Thunder Dolphin. Um, <laughs> so great. All the wrestling restaurants. Killer Cons is closed, but Kabuki and others still have restaurants, right? Yeah. There's quite a few. Kyoko Inoue's place, other places, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to throw a few out there. That the the catches catch can snake pit in Korakuen, that serves food now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the the wrestling chunko food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chunko, the soup that the the rikishi, the sumo wrestlers eat. Anyway. And then not, not just Todokan, but the ringside and other places. There's, there's all kinds of wrestling shop, including New Japan official shop. Oh, gosh. I bought so much stuff there. <laughs> You're like a kid, huh? Yeah, I've spent hundreds of dollars there. I mean, I look <laughs> ridiculous. Okay. I still have a lot of the stuff, which is good. But yeah, okay. it's it's a fun, fun time. If you're a wrestling fan, you should definitely get a chance to. If you ever yeah, get a chance definitely. to, yeah, definitely, yeah. Go, go, go. Um, you mentioned the Noah show on January first. You wrote an article about that, didn't you? Yeah, and also, uh, yeah, the, talked about the Keiji Muto's retirement tour. It's like a tour, tour. You know, not just one show, but uh, starting from like a, started like a November and now December that the Ariake Arena show to, you know, he, Great Muta appeared on that the histor- historic crossover New Japan Stardom show. Great Muta, Great Muta and Kazuchika uh, Okada and Toru Yano made a trio and he, he made a Great Muta made a um, guest appearance. 
now that it's going to be uh, January 1st, Shinsuke Nakamura, a great Muta match will be really, really big. And the same January 22nd, now that uh, Sting and you know, Darby Allen coming in from AEW and make trio with, yeah, great Muta. At Yokohama Arena, January 22nd. And at the January 22nd, they'll finally announce uh, that the lineup for the Tokyo Dome, uh, February 22nd, the final final of Keiji Muto's retirement. Yeah. At any, the Tokyo Dome. Any thoughts on what they might announce? Uh, well, <clears throat> it will be a single match, uh, Keiji Muto against somebody big. Any thoughts yeah. on who that could be? <clears throat> I can't say right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I understand. But there will be an opponent that he never met. Well, the, the, the Keiji Muto himself is hinting that, uh, you know, like a retirement match he wouldn't want to have is like that the people don't remember who, who the opponent was. You know, thinking that, the, see, Ricky Choshu's retirement there was like a five opponent from New Japan roster, you know, five match, you know, or Inoki's retirement that was big, but it was like Downfry, the Sting, that the Gerald Golder, that, uh, you know, the mini tournament thing. And uh, uh, people don't remember who Inoki's opponent was. Of course, it's imp important to have retirement match, but the, Muto's idea was that he will have very special single match that people hasn't seen. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And also, um, the ringside ticket for Tokyo Dome was that the you know the first row was five hundred five hundred thousand yen. It's like seven thousand. I mean five thousand yen. I mean five thousand dollar U.S. dollar for ringside ticket, which was already sold out. Only forty seats, but that's like a five thousand dollar ticket. Oh my gosh, you know, and uh, it. it <clears throat> That kind of atmosphere that I'll tell you what, most expensive, most expensive ticket will, will go go first. Great and, Muda uh, is retiring in style. The, you know the lineup; <clears throat> they're very careful about it. That the, they didn't announce January first Budokan Shinsuke Nakamura thing until he he, he made you know Ariake Arena show. Then uh, next big show they you know they announced. Yokohama Arena, January 22nd, showed that the Sting coming in. Then, at I believe, at at the Yokohama Arena, January 22nd, that's when they finally announced February 22nd, Tokyo Dome lineup. Now, this great Muda opponent, just generally speaking, someone he hasn't faced before, is this going to yeah. be a legacy <laughs> star, or is it maybe going to be a young guy? Um, I, not a young guy. It's just as important as Keiji Muto. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've, no, you talked to, you're, you, it's no secret. You're friends with Muto. He's got to be really happy how this whole retirement is yeah, going. What's interesting about this situation is that it's not a, not a, that the pro wrestling nor is, you know, making, you know, business partnership with WWE or anything like that, you know, since, you know, Triple H obviously was willing to send Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, for Keiji Muto's, you know, part of the retirement show that because it was Keiji Muto, not because of 
Pro Wrestling Noah. Not take anything away from Pro Wrestling Noah, but uh, this happened because it's Keiji Muto, right? Now that that's it, Sting, obviously AEW, is AEW doing business with Pro Wrestling Noah? It's more like it's because it's Keiji Muto. This can happen. Right. Beyond the boundary of, you know, companies or any political, you know, the, the layout of the, the landscape of things that it, because this is Keiji Muto, that the companies all over the world, you know, almost like working together, not together, but like they're willing to send guys to Muto's retirement. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, Keiji Muto is obviously beyond companies or any, you know, political like involvement, you know, that the, because this is Keiji Muto, this can happen. I mean, it's like like uh, all these logic or the, the, the normal theories go out of the window. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you have Very two. You have How two people in Triple H and, and Tony Khan, yeah, and also yeah, like a decision making people in the states, Triple H or Tony Khan, that the, they are willing to work. With Keiji Muto, because this is Muto's thing. Right, it's his retirement. There's a lot of respect for mm -hmm. for Keiji Muto. Then also, Triple H think about this Japanese market that the Keiji Muto is a kind of superstar that the, that the K Triple H wanted to work with. You know, if he was you know active or in different time in different place. You know, that the Triple H never really had like a tour with Japan. Well, he's been here with WWE Japan Tour, but not like that the 70s and 80s and 90s where American superstar come here and have actually have a tour, go around Japan, working against Japanese superstars instead of, you know, WWE crew come in and have one show or two shows. And uh, he probably wondered that the, what, what would be like, you know, if Triple H traveled to Japan and actually had tour with New Japan or Old Japan. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, yeah, obviously, Keiji Muto is like a generation older than the, the today's decision-making people. It's, Muto is turning 60 this December, this this month. Yeah. Happy birthday to him. 60, though, you know, with that style. Well, he's been superstar for the past, what, 35 years? You know, probably from right from the get-go you know in debut 1984 he was sent to florida right away in 85 you know spent a year with nwa florida you know when there was such thing as nwa and territories and stuff he came back to japan as a space lone wolf then went back to the states puerto rico the world class the nwa crockett the, the wcw that then went back to japan and had his run then went back to wcw and then Keiji Muto witnessed the dying day of that, you know, WCW. Then, then he switched side from New Japan to Old Japan, right? And then had a 10-year run with Old Japan. He's, he's, he's been there, done that. You know what I'm saying? Boy, is he ever. Yeah, and then uh, IWGP title, the greatest 18 club uh, title, that the Old Japan's triple crown title, that the GHC title, was, you know, heavyweight title is with Pro Wrestling Noah, and actually he won NWA World Heavyweight title, that the revived version, but uh, Muto had NWA World title too, so he just had all these, the, you name it, all the World Heavyweight Championship. 
yeah. anything but WWF. But I believe that uh, if not this year, probably next year, that the that Keiji Muto will be inducted into WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think so. I think you're well, right. He's been there. Fujinami's in there. That uh, Why not Keiji Muto? He's the only candidate from this generation. And honestly, I think yeah. of all of those people, not that they had lesser careers, but to a WWE fan, Great Muta is a more recognizable name. Yeah, yeah. For the past 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Inoki and Keiji Muto, I mean, Antonio Inoki and, and Tatsumi Fujinami, I'm sure that for today's fans, that's a big, huge name from the past, right? From the distant but, past. But I mean, the great Muta is like, like same generation was Sting, the yeah, Lex Luger, the oh, the Bret Hart, that uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels, yeah, that, uh, that generation, yeah, he benefits from time and also you know, being mentioned and revered, put in a very revered position on national television in the United States, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That the 1989 Starcade, if you remember? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the year he became Great Muta. Did you know that the, actually it was like a spelling error that the, they spelled M-U-A-T instead of M-U-T-O? So it, it was an accident that he became Great Muta. Oh, that's funny. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, and also that, right. that uh, regular Keiji Muta without the paint and uh, all these ninja costume things, that doesn't exist in America. When he goes to America, he turned himself into Keiji Muto. Then he, he, when he, upon his return to Japan in 90, 91, he did not want to do Great Muta in Japan. But New Japan insisted that uh, you, you play two characters. Regular Keiji Muto is wrestler Keiji Muto, but uh, you know, a few nights a year, you become like alter ego or Great Muta. So like a, he had played two different characters for the past 30 years. Well, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. It worked out really well. The, the merchandise, you know, great yeah. with his costume, that, uh, the, all this ninja thing, all this, it was like a great merchandise idea for New Japan. It worked out well. We'll have yeah. to do, uh, maybe our next show, we should just do all, all great Muda. We should definitely do a whole. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Because yeah. um, this is like a very illustrated career. Yeah, we'll have to. And, uh, yeah, and then he changed, evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Like reinventing himself. Yeah. From Moonsault to your Shining Wizard era to Figure for Leglog era to, yeah. He has changed his style with, with his age and, and, yeah. Yeah. So, right. So he had like a three or four different, different run. He's obviously a very, very smart man. Yeah, because he always had bad knees, but he, you know, pre pretty much created the style he could, you know, work around his injuries, existing condition. Well, we'll do a show on the Great Muda uh, coming up for sure. Let's do that um, maybe yeah, but, uh, early in the coming we'll, year. Uh, but he has a big surprise for this Tokyo Dome, the February 22nd Tokyo Dome retirement match, like a final, final. He still has this big surprise. Yeah. Would you qualify it as a big surprise? I think so. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, we'll take yeah. your word for it. I'm like, you got me excited even more so. Um, mm -hmm. I want to talk about stardom and the whole issue yeah. with uh, Mercedes Sasha Banks. <clears throat> okay, but they are running Sumo Palace show on December 29th, right? This year they had, you know, they ran Budokan and then closed the year with Sumo Palace and Stardom has a huge roster right now, you know, like 40 superstars, yeah. And far ahead of everybody else, you know, there's actually 15 women's companies in this country, in Japan now. And but, uh, worldwide, you know, they're, they're doing really, really well. Um, in English-speaking world, English, like yeah, like living color Japanese anime, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it attracts a lot of English-speaking, you know, American fans that uh, is wrestling beyond language barrier, right? So it, it really is. Well, it's got it's got good booking. You've got good athletes. You've got some very entertaining performers. Um, aesthetically, they all have good gear and a good presence, individual care. I mean, they all check look like superstars. It all checks and the boxes. Easy to understand this in the five, six different factions, like right? Team, yeah, all yeah. the units, yeah, units, factions. Yeah, they're very, very good. And then, whenever one, you know, you know, quits one group and join another group, that's like a big storyline there, right there. And very good, what we call it, like a big, like a pyramid structure, the red belt and the white belt. The biggest one is, you know, the red belt, red belt, of course, but the white is like your intercontinental or U.S. heavyweight title. Not secondary, but has a different meaning to it. Now they created the IWGP women's title that went to Kyrie. It's for the international market now. It's they obviously have planned for international market and Kyrie will be a traveling world champion. Well, apparently stardom as a deal with uh, Sasha Banks to appear at wrestle kingdom. Yeah, but How? I'm not sure if it's all locked yet. Okay. Well, let's just, let's just assume. Did they announce it? Let's just assume. Yeah. Let's just assume that it's locked, okay? Mm -hmm. Given how big of a star, I mean, obviously Sasha Banks is a big star. In America. Yeah, in America. What about Japan? How big, how big of a buzz would this get? Is this getting? What do you be think? Honest with you? Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you, please. I don't see any buzz. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know. It's just uh, it's looking at, you see, American superstar looking at Japanese market like a part of the world, but uh, it is different here. See, WWE hasn't had TV in Japan over two years. No TV here. Did you know that? We've talked about that, but that's, that's really something, it's a good thing to remind people about. That the serious WWE follower, like WWE Universe in Japan, they watch YouTube Raw and YouTube SmackDown 24 hours later. All in English. No Japanese subtitle. No comment. No Japanese commentary. Nothing. But you can still watch 
you know, Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown 24 hours after original airing, right? Right. Yeah, so that's the only thing the Japanese WWE follower, Japanese WWE universe, I should say, are watching. We don't have satellite or the cable or regular channel WWE programming at all. But serious uh, hardcore fans always had WWE Network. But that's all in English, too. That's where language barrier comes in. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, outside of Japan, she's a big star. And I think that's, if it happens, that's why she's brought in to bring American eyes to the product, not to bring necessarily Japanese eyes. Although I guess it's possible that there are. But she's a type of superstar that they have to be has to be treated as big superstar. Right. If you just bring her in, it probably doesn't really, you know, make a lot of buzz. You have to create the buzz for somebody like that. Yeah. Um, And with pandemic, WWE hasn't had any tour in three years now. 2020, 2021, and 2022. Yeah, three years. They haven't, WWE hasn't had this Japan tour, you know, for a while. Or three years. In 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 the meantime, um, that uh, Sasha Banks. When when was that? When was the night that Sasha Banks and that uh, uh, the quit WWE? Uh, she and Naomi walked out. Naomi walked out. Yeah. Uh, I don't earlier this year. What was it? Was it right. like the spring before summer? I think it was. Right, and uh, it was told that uh, she cannot have any booking outside of WWE until. 2023, like non-competing, right? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there wasn't, you know, like a negotiation with Japanese companies and uh, Sasha Banks' price tag is quite high. Right. As high as Chris Jericho's price tag per match. Right. And Chris Jericho was making reportedly the 100 grand per match in Japan. Is is Sasha Banks the same type of you know superstar as Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho had long history, long history with Japanese market for the thirty you know over thirty years. But it, Chris Jericho against Kenny Omega match, it did move numbers. Yeah, it know, did circulation number in WWE. I mean, uh, New Japan World, the streaming service. It did move numbers. Yeah, it's going to be curious to see. Is Very curious. I, it's not fair. I mean, Sasha Banks and Chris Jericho are two different careers, two different types of superstars with different uh, strengths and weaknesses, I think, as far as who they're going to draw, what they're going to draw, what they're going to bring to the table. Yeah, what type of audience right. and what generation of audience. Yeah, what generation of audience. The type of fan. Yeah. So but, it's... Uh, obviously, the, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being pretty conservative here, but uh, Chris Jericho had headlined Japan for decades. Right. Whereas Sasha Banks was part of WWE Japan tour a number of times, but didn't really headline. Right. Am I not right? You're right. She may have been perhaps 
more over than her push. But another thing to consider, Sasha Banks is an excellent wrestler. And I think she obviously has a fondness for Japanese wrestling. Certainly, this is business. Don't misunderstand me. But it's also, I think, I get the impression that this might be something she wants to check the boxes off on on her career. It may be also just a bargaining tool, but I also think that this is also something that is sort of on like a, a Cody Rhodes style checklist. Right, right. And if you are to think out of the box, you know, you should challenge and, you know, have almost a gamble, but uh, obviously Bushiroad, uh, President Kidani wants to invest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's a big you know, WWE fan, obviously. But uh, his glasses that he's wearing, the Kidani, is like more of a men's world. See, he, he I don't think he quite understands that the value of stardom and the, the red belt and the white belt, or he wouldn't have created IWGP women's title. I, the whole idea of IWGP women's titles is fine, but that's for the international market. It's like a different, completely different value orientation, you know, that the Stardom's fan don't necessarily care about the value of IWGP women's title that much. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's great now that the Kyrie has it. It, it, it would be her vehicle. To travel, you know, to become a traveling world champion—that—that's—that's that's another idea, but uh, uh, it's not like the same. The market isn't the same as WWE. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is like a challenge that the, if Sasha Banks are to be brought in, you know, she has to headline Big Show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. At that price tag. Yeah. 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 So it will be a challenge. You know, it's like you have to market her now, you know? Yeah. Hey, um, somebody on Twitter has a yeah. question that sort of ties into this. It says, what does Fumi make of Mayu Iwatani asking for more money and not coming to terms on a new contract with Stardom Bushi Road? Dave reported she's scheduled to win the IWGP title instead of Kyrie, but wanted more money because of the travels to the U.S. Do you, are there issues that you know of with Mayu and uh, Bushi Road? Uh, that I'm not aware of. Okay. And uh, it's very much American way of looking at business, you know? What do you mean? Mayu Iwatani is very much loyal to the, you know, the, the, the whole stardom entity, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, she, she's a team leader, and she's a locker room leader, obviously. And uh, you know all the girls respect her, but uh, I just don't see her individually asking for bigger price tag just for herself. I look, I'm looking at Iwatani as more of a team player than an uh, in- individual superstar, like like American superstar would think. Sure. Uh, another yeah. question here, real quick. Wanted to ask if Fumi, if he thinks New Japan will ever have a dedicated app for New Japan World, and if Stardom will ever do regular English commentary and live stream shows on Stardom World to expand more. Stardom World will pretty much stay uh, the way it is. It's like more of an archive 
and the house show product, you know, to be broadcast. And uh, when they have big pay-per-view, it will be another platform, which they're doing right now. The, you know, or the Hiroshima show, the Osaka show, the Sendai shows, that they are doing pay-per-view, iPay-per-view. And price tag is like a $40 per match. Whereas Stardom World, you can subscribe with like a $20 a month and you can watch all the archives. And if you wait for 10 days or so, you can watch those pay-per-view products 10 days later on Stardom World. So some people are doing it. It's the pay-per-view thing being really expensive is that you can watch that live. That's the point. And they're using different platform for it. You think and they'll? What about an app? They're working on. They're working on uh, uh, that uh, creating English play-by-play and English commentary. Oh, good! Is Sonny going to get to do it? Do you know? Oh, probably. And uh, Sonny will be producer, of course. That's good. He's a behind-the-scenes guy. He's great. Really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if they have, like, in your opinion too, that if Stardom has. English play-by-play and English commentary, they'll be much bigger, right? Right. Are you Are you going to do it? Do we know? Can I ask? What's that? Are you going to... Or Do you know anything Me? about no, it? No, I don't think I am. You don't think you are? Um, no, because I'm too old for that. <laughs> what? Oh, so <sighs> Stardom is the kind of product that needs like a more hip like guy. Like a young guy? You know, like young person? Younger commentator than younger play-by-play. Yeah. Yeah, man. To be a part of the show. Sure. When I said, I'm like a dokey guy. Gotcha. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's very funny. What do you think about this year's Wrestle Kingdom? It would be very interesting, you know, that uh, the how fans uh, will react to Kenny Omega. See, Will Ospreay is more like a Tokyo local, you know, superstar now, right? Yeah. And. Uh, the, it's a storyline, but the interview was so real that the, after Kenny Omega appears on the, on the video wall and gives his video letter, then challenging, he's coming back to Japan, and and the, that the, Kenny Omega claiming that the, as soon as he left, the, the New Japan nosedived or something like that, right? And then uh, now I'm coming back, and everybody else is copycat of Kenny Omega and all these things, right? Uh, Will Osprey isn't really promo person but the way he gave the interview was like it sounded so real how will osprey responded was like the way i look at it he left and i stayed that's all it needed you know what i'm saying and it made him huge baby face it made kenny omega natural heel coming back how's that right yeah, yeah, because Japanese fans stayed here and uh, witnessed the pandemic era. And uh, yeah, like in the West, you know, they thought New Japan was nosediving in business. Not really. It was pandemic. You had to have social distancing, but they never stopped running shows. And people were with New Japan that all these times that uh, when they, they can't put the put people in the building, they, you know, Japanese wrestling fans stayed home and watched this, you know, live streaming. And uh, yeah, 
and it was all real to them. And uh, Kenny Omega basically left for the bigger opportunity. Now he's coming back. You gotta be a natural heel. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing is, I'm wondering, uh, is this gonna be a permanent babyface turn for Will Ospreay coming forward in 23? And does that mean maybe- uh, It's more like, uh, his own character and and it's when he's in the baby face position he will be baby face but think about um umino against will osprey or something it will be umino's time right yeah and he looks like like young tanahashi now right boy does he ever ah yeah and then also just one match just one you know one match upon his return overnight he was main event he didn't have to win the title, U.S. title, but uh, he changed the perception. This guy will have future in Japan. Oh, yeah, I mean, course, I mean you know, yeah. When it's you, like a new version of Three Musketeers. When you look at the bench, the young stable of wrestlers that... Oh, new Japan? Yeah, I mean... Oh, God, so many good wrestlers, yeah. Yeah, the future is very bright. I think so. I mean, just it's almost like a, it's just too many stars. I mean, Yuya Uemura to be or Yotatsuji, Ren Narita, they're all lined up to be the headliners. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be impressive as far as uh, the matches we can see, the feuds, the relationships. And it'll be curious to see who will be the, the next major, you know, uh, flag holder for for all new japan going forward it's going to be very oh yeah yeah very interesting um you also want to talk about, about like a tetsuya naito he's already 40 you know what i'm saying right yeah but, oh. uh, yeah so this is like a very strong roster right now normally we don't talk about mma but okay. uh, there's a january 1st show that's uh, promoting itself as a an Anoki memorial. Uh, it's twenty uh, eighth of December. Okay, twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty eighth of December, the night before uh, Stardom show, December twenty eighth, the MMA show called Gandhi Ujima. Uh, then it's like Inoki Memorial they're calling it, and uh, Naoya Ogawa's involvement in it, and I believe either Ibushi or. Uh, Great Okan will be working that show from New Japan. As a shoot? Uh, wrestling match oh, against okay. Naoya Ogawa. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I guess uh, we should talk about is what's going on with uh, Jake Lee, the All Japan yeah, star. I believe he's in New Japan bound. Wow. I don't think he's signed, but uh, basically gave noticed gave notice to all japan a month ago yeah he's not signing that this they have this one year contract thing that every end of december they you know renew the contract for the beginning of the year so one everybody's one year contract with all japan and then jake lee basically told all japan people that he's not you know, signing again back in like end of november so wow i believe he can be star with new japan how big of a star all 
like in right in the main event roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is different. I mean, different style. Right. You know, he has MMA background and uh, doesn't work anybody like New Japan. So it's just, it's good to have a different flavor. Not, I shouldn't say flavor, but, uh, you know, you notice that a lot of the New Japan wrestlers, they're all great wrestlers, don't get me wrong, but the styles are very similar. Huh? Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's good to put Jake Lee into the mix and kind of one different guy, just somebody totally different, right. just kicks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I, I mean, obviously Jake Lee's taller than everybody. There. That's what I was going to say. If, if I was WWE, I would try to, I would have tried to see if there was any interest. I mean, I don't know if he could have the, uh, you know, a character, they could develop something, in that regard, but as far as size, style, youth, um, he checks a lot of the the WWE boxes to be to be one of their stars. But if you were to go to to the states, you know they'll put him in you know performance center and NXT first, right? Probably. So, uh, yeah, so it, it'll be a year or two or three to you know to even make it to the you know main roster. Think about. How many years had the EO Sky had to wait? Jeez, yeah, that's that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she's EO awesome. Sky could have been in the main roster right away, right next to Asuka, and it could have happened three years ago. That's a good point. But, uh, yeah, because you have to compete with other American, I mean, NXT roster. Right. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, with New Japan, yes, Jake Lee will be able to have his own position does it say anything about what's going on if, if anything's going on with all japan the fact that jake lee one of their touted superstars for the future former champion decides to leave yeah but they didn't really stop him you know so there's a lot of promising rookies with all japan it's just almost they don't promote the way New Japan promote their wrestling or pro wrestling, nor the, 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 for Western fans, all Japan's almost invisible right now, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, it's it's kind of old-fashioned in in not, not so good way. <laughs> you know, uh, their roster's good, but the, they are not planning on having English commentary, you know, show or start, you know, having their you know, live streaming programming platform, they're just not doing any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have pretty healthy, you know, roster, but it's just, uh, you don't know any rookies name, right? The group of rookies that are promising right. with all Japan, but it's like almost invisible. It's just too bad. And also their, their mentality is that, you know, they want to get help from New Japan, and the New Japan will send Tiger Mask and Yuji Nagata. Well, they're not even working regular shows with New Japan, right? And uh, yeah, it's just different kind of mindset. Yeah, that's another reason Tajiri walked out too. Oh, Tajiri walked out. Yeah, yeah, three wrestlers. Yeah, walked out uh, from all Japan just, just uh, most recently. Tajiri is moving to Kyushu Island 
and he's you know he's buying a few houses over there start wrestling school and also he wants to uh um bnb housing and hosting all kinds of wrestlers from europe and africa and in different part, parts of the world that the, he has different complete different connection from american wrestling that he has just all kinds of rookies from different different parts of parts of the world like asia africa uh, europe that uh, he's training all kinds of international talent uh, down in, in, in Kyushu starting next year and also working with Kyushu Pro Wrestling that we don't even know about, right? But Kyushu Pro Wrestling locally runs over 100 shows a year that, that the Tokyo media doesn't cover. Interesting. And their idea is to start live streaming wrestling program right from Kyushu, and he wants to prove that that can be done. Nice. He's obviously very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, I've spoken with Tajiri recently. Well, it sounds like that's he's got a plan, and he can execute yeah. it. Yeah. At this point in his career, that the, he doesn't want to headline big shows. He wants to train new guys, and he wants to produce shows. He want you know he wants to see if this local territory can exist in Kyushu. He's originally from Kumamoto, so yeah, that's like he knows the neighborhood, kind of. It's almost like going home. Yeah, so it's kind of like you're running Portland, Oregon or something, right? I guess you could do that. Um, well, let's talk about the uh, the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, yes. And yeah, uh, We just talked about Naito and Ibushi. Right. You know. Ibushi, right? It's like he looks young, but he's also forty. Yeah, yeah. But eighteen-year veteran, and Naito's what uh, sixteen, seventeen-year veteran. Yeah. I believe this Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame voting system has somewhat created a big gap between older generation fans and newer generation voters. That's a good observation. I would agree with that. Yeah, because it's like a whole bunch of legend legend historical legend or territorial legend that you can vote for right i vote for like jesse ventura and adrian Adani's team of course and uh it's just too bad that uh, you know big legend like dick murdoch this fell off the category right right and yeah but uh tetsuya naito and then kota ibushi got in and it's like obviously by younger voters vote Right. Yeah. Of course, they, they met, met the criteria, you know, longevity, and it has to be a headliner over 10 years and the uh, age of 35, and all these things matched. But uh, Naito and Ibushi in the same Hall of Fame was other, like, legend, legend from another generation. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just, I don't have a problem with them getting voted in. I did not vote for either of them because I feel like it's too early. Yeah, yeah, they can be in Hall of Fame 10 years from now. And, and I, I voted for Yoshiaki Fujiwara and Hayabusa, of course. Who did, I, I just feel like um, with Naito and Ibushi, um, if, if you're still active, you've gotta be somebody, for example, like a John Cena. Where it's yeah. your numbers are so so good 
that you've got to go in. And while these guys are big stars, I feel like I wanted to wait, but they're in, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, because obviously people voted. Yeah, obviously, and that's fine. Yeah, so there I'm, must be a big gap in readership. I'm just a more conservative voter, I guess. Oh, I am too. And uh, probably like uh, the Wrestling Observer reader of like a paper version of Observer and the online version of Wrestling Observer is like a two, two, Two different kind of audience, almost. Yeah. yeah. Relatively, let's see here. Who did I, what's relatable? Let's see, the, the people that I voted for, looking at my uh, ballot here. I voted for Kojima and Tenzan. And okay. I voted okay. for Inoki. In there too. Yeah. yeah, I voted for Inoki and Sakaguchi. Okay, that's historical. I voted for uh, Satomura and y Yamada. Okay, okay. And Tawa and Kawada. Those, How call the team. Yeah, the yeah. teams. Because there were so many more teams. There were teams on the ballot this year. And all uh -huh, of those uh -huh. teams, I felt, um, you know, you could really make a case for. Particularly when a lot of this, I feel like, is hindsight. Right now, someone could be very big. And next year, they fall off the face of the earth. And you see that they don't really have any lasting influence. So yeah. I feel like you look in hindsight, I feel like, oh, by the way, I also voted for Rossi Ogawa and Joe Higuchi. Ah, uh, okay. So, Very good. Oh, Joe Higuchi. Yeah. yeah. So. If Joe Higuchi was in there, probably Red Shoes Duggan should be in there too. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 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 But Rossi Ogawa deserves more recognition because today's audience, like internet, like a social media audience, they don't know his history yeah, and I, creativity and uh, his his vision. Well, his influence. All Japan yeah. women today yeah, to today, stardom. You know, like a very vo vocal that the Japanese you know women's wrestling fans, today's audience, they think he can run stardom because he had a big money behind the you know Bushiroad company. It's that's not it though. You know no. what I'm saying? And Bushiroad wouldn't have bought the company if Stardom was already big. Right. Yeah. Well, and you think about this. He had big success in a completely other era with yeah. All Japan Women. Comes back, different audience, different sensibilities, different everything. Comes back and produces yet another successful wrestling company run. you look yeah, at really you, healthy run you look at people like he started with this beauty pair era right yeah. look at people Jackie Sato and Maki Ueda then there was Devil Masami and Jaguar Yokota era yeah. then Crash Girls era yeah. the Bonakano Aja Kong uh, Manami Toyota era oh, then there was another company Arceon then Stardom you know almost by accident you know, that he wasn't going to do it, but uh, Fuka and uh, Yuzbon, they were, they were training like a 10, you know, young talent that uh, they weren't, they didn't even have a place to work. Then the one night that uh, they were practicing, there was no dojo that uh, they were using Shinkiba first rings ring because they were renting place during the day for independent wrestlers to train. Right. That uh, Rossi showed up and said, there's like a 10 rookies 
training or ready to debut, you know, like a ready to debut. And he thought, wow, I must make, you know, create the new ring for these girls to work. And then that, that was the beginning of stardom. Then already 11 years. Yeah, so. Uh, well, think about this. Always, always, always part of women's wrestling. Look at all of the successful wrestling promoters or people behind the scenes who had a successful run and then came back after that successful run. You look at Bill Watts, George Scott, George Goulas, even Jerry Jarrett. None of them have had like two very separate. Separate run. Right. Yeah. Um, 70s, the 80s, the little gap and 2010s. Yeah. That's pretty impressive that he's able yeah. to change it up for the different audience, different time, different technology, sensibilities, all of those things. That is a very impressive accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, when he sold his stardom company to Bushiroad, th there was another option that the WWE wanted to buy stardom. Right. Yeah. Then to create also create NXT Japan. There was a plan. Then there was a pandemic too, but the, there's a lot of external you know, force out there. But the, he choose Bushiroad. Okay, I'm, go I'm going to hand this company to, yeah, Bushiroad. Therefore, well, stardom company will have longevity. Yeah. Is WWE going to make another attempt to break into the Japan market? More than Probably, touring? I say yes, because now that the William Regal's back with WWE, apparently, right? Right. That uh, he was the person who traveled back and forth to Japan and States to Japan and States. And he has big connection with, you know, William Regal has connection in Japan. And he understands that the dojo business, right? which Triple, Triple H was really interested in, how to how to train you know rookies in this japanese dojo system kind of thing and they'll probably make a reality show with it right interesting yeah, yeah. so they might do it again yeah do you think that yeah, with william regal and triple h together that can be done again do you think they'll have more success because the last time you know a lot of companies were bought by Japanese companies seemingly in an effort to keep WWE out of Japan. Do you think uh, more Japanese companies will circle the wagons? Or do you think that with William yes, Regal and Triple H... That the Japanese company who wants to make connection with WWE isn't the company WWE wants to make connection with. What do you mean? Well, because a smaller Japanese company wants to be part of big company WWE yeah. and wants to be part of part of this NXT Japan project, right? Yeah. But uh, Triple H and William Regal's idea for NXT Japan will be like you know connect with a little bit bigger company, right? What about uh, just like, like a pro wrestling Noah or all Japan or maybe uh, probably not with New Japan, but the company that has their own dojo and dojo system. And if it's NXT Japan, the Japanese wrestling community expects American coach to come in and live in Japan. Not like coached by Japanese coach and go to America. As this, 
completely different idea that the Triple H probably wants to have Japanese complete Japanese dojo system, right? Whereas Japanese company will expect more American involvement in that process. Sure. I mean, somebody like yeah, American coach to come in, or somebody like William Regal to come in and you know rotate six months at a time. See, if you remember Carl Gotch, he had lived in Japan years and years to train Japanese wrestlers. Billy Robinson came to Japan, lived here for ten years for Snake Pit, Catcher's Catch Can, and it's okay. Japanese wrestling fans and wrestling community want American name coach to actually come to Japan and live. Right. Yeah. Instead of Japanese coach and Japanese trainer and Japanese rookie training in Japan and be brought to America. It's two different, I don't know, it's a different story. Well, I hope you have a very happy holiday season. Are you going to get some get some time off? Yeah, but did, did I make sense with this you NXT make, Japan idea? You make perfect sense. What it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be Japanese very... Expects, what American expect is a slightly different image. It's going to be a very interesting uh, 23 as far as um, New Japan, as far as, you know, continued potential growth with stardom. If this whole Sasha Banks, Mercedes situation plays out as it is uh, seemingly going to do. Actually, like in all the, you know, actuality and uh, being really practical about it, with Sasha Banks' price tag, she could only be working maybe two or three dates a year. Right, very big shows. Yeah, but it has to be marketed very special. Yeah. You know? like with that kind of price tag, she has to be marketed differently and has to feasible, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It would be very interesting because yeah. she will not be Sasha Banks. She's Mercedes. Right. Mercedes yeah. money or whatever she did. Um, uh -huh. It'll be, it's going to be a, a, a good year. It seems like there's like, you talked about, there's a lot of young stars. Jake Lee yeah. will freshen things up, I think, for, mm -hmm. for New mm -hmm. Japan. Um, it'll be curious to see what WWE oh, another, does. Another wrestler who can probably do WWE Japan was probably Meiko Satomura if she comes back. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh. Yeah. And Sendai Girls with their dojo. Yeah. Yeah. To produce women's wrestler, not quite men's roster. So it's a little bit different. But uh, yeah, Meiko Satomura can be a great candidate for that role. Yeah, that's a really good point. And with WWE money, you know, what can she do? That'd be curious. What can Sendai yeah, Girls yeah. do? Could Sendai Very Girls, good. you know, Try to be the Pepsi you know, to Stardom's so Coke. Like live streaming and you know the the online pay per view era. It's like if you can see, think about you know Keiji Muto's retirement match from Tokyo Dome that can be pay per viewed, uh, streaming pay per view with price tag. You could have hundred thousand people. Yeah, man. Yeah. Make sure I mean, when you... 100,000, 200,000 or a million home or something. And yeah, that can be done. Make sure when you go out with uh, Keiji Muto that uh, he picks up the tab because he's got money right now. He's doing well. 
<laughs> I don't know. But he's like, it will be a, a, he has a big surprise. I'm excited. If you say it's yeah. big, it'll be big, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, yeah. Well, I hope you have a very happy holiday. Well, let's do Pacific Rim again before the year is up. Okay, let's see what we can At do. One, 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 yeah, one more time. All right. This we'll, month. We'll, yeah. We'll try to pick a pick a time. We'll help you. When are you, when are you still teaching? What's uh, what's your time frame? Would you do? Um, could, I'm still teaching. When's yeah. the holiday break? Holiday break, but not till 20, 22nd, 23rd okay. of December. So you still got back. a little time. I, I'm going back in second week of January. Do yeah. you have like finals going on right now and stuff? Uh, I don't give finals, just essays. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so you're doing a lot of reading and marking and grading. <laughs> yeah, I hate tests and grading. Yeah. <laughs> so much reading. And people are going to ask, how's Kiki? Oh, she, oh he's here. There he is. We heard him. Kiki, say say hi. There it is. A little bit. We could hear him. Yeah. A little squeak there. I woke him up. Oh, yeah. geez, way, to go. That. way to go. Okay. Way to go. Well, look, yeah. let's try to, yeah, we'll try to hook up before the, the end of the year then. We'll make that happen. Okay, great. All right. Uh, how can people get in touch with you on social? Uh, on Twitter, at Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihiko Dayo, or just Fumisaito on Facebook. And you can find me at uh, Jim Valley on Twitter. Until next time. So long from Tokyo. Thank you. <laughs>